What is good, everybody? Welcome back into the SB Nation NFL show or TGI football. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by Brandon Lee Gowton. Uh, BLG, no RJ this week, so we're holding it down, previewing week 11 of the NFL action. And obviously, we'll wrap things up. Normally, we just do one sen- sentence on Monday Night Football, but we've got a Super Bowl rematch. So I assume we'll get into that a little bit more than uh, one sentence. And we already talked about it a little bit this week. Obviously, that's a massive matchup, but got a lot to get into on today's show. Uh, excited for it. I think it's kind of uh, only right that uh, you and I are here, whereas we both were not here last week during the bye. RJ, uh, you know, was holding down the fort along with Justice. Shout out to Justice for filling in. You know, it's funny. Um, uh, two times this season, I've actually, I don't think, I think at least two, I've not been on TGI football. And I listened to the podcast after the games happened. And I think that's still kind of fun. So if, if for some reason, um, even though we're predicting the games now, um, you can't get to TJI football before the games. I think it's still worth listening after because then you get to hear how either spot on or how ridiculous some of the predictions are. Like, uh, I think last week I picked the, or no, it was a week before I picked the Giants to beat the Raiders after the head coaching fire and, and <laughs> all of that. Um, so if you want to go back and check that out, you can make fun of me. It was, it was a terrible decision. I had not thought about that game at all. And mm. thinking about it after the show, I was like, man, that was such a bad call. That's going to blow up in my face. Nope, that was <laughs> my lock. That was yeah. my lock of the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Maybe I, I should not. Uh, I should spend a little bit more time on those, but uh, it's generally the good games are the ones that I'm focused on. That was a terrible game. So it was just right off the dome and it, it was an awful pick and I should have known better. I think that was the game that Daniel Jones tore his ACL. So I mm. uh, could have uh, could have probably used a little bit more time on that one, but. Got a lot to get into on today's show. Before we do, I want to remind you guys that uh, the SB Nation NFL show is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. So where we have to start, obviously, is... Uh, a massive Thursday night football matchup where, you know, this thing, th- this NFL week 11 is sandwiched between two huge contests across the entire NFL on Thursday night. We saw the Baltimore Ravens top the Cincinnati Bengals 34 to 20 and what wound up being a bit of a letdown game, but it was a letdown game because uh, there was two significant injuries in this one. And we'll start with Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, who, Leaves the game early on uh, with a wrist injury, and it was on a touchdown pass to Joe, to Joe Mixon, and he didn't get hit or anything. He just threw the football, immediately just grabs his wrist and is like, ah, and, and then could not throw the football when he was trying to warm up on the sidelines. Leaves the game. Uh, head coach Zach Taylor said after the game that it, it's a wrist sprain as of right now. I'm sure we'll get a little bit more details either today or sometime next week on Joe Burrow, but... Right now, uh, the AFC playoff picture is a mess, BLG, is the Bengals are in serious jeopardy of missing this thing, especially if Joe Burrow is going to miss significant time. The Bengals and the Bills, both, what, five and five here? Yeah. Like, (laughs) both might not make the playoffs. Like, it's a weird world that we live in. The Bengals have just been so cursed this season. You know, it kind of felt like it was going to be another year for them where, okay, they start slow, but they're digging themselves out of the hole. And now you have this happen and it just feels like it's just not the year. You know, sometimes it's just not the year for your team. Like against all odds, just nothing is going right. Nothing is clicking, even though you might be able to try to claw back at it a little bit. Um, You know, it's pretty sad for the Bengals to not even be below 500 and they're dead last in their division, which is tough. And I mean, don't you have more confidence? Like, even though, um, you know, the Steelers are six and three. The Browns are six and three. Don't you like have more confidence that the Bengals are a better team at five and five <laughs> than the Steelers? Um, absolutely. <laughs> right. So it's it's a weird and I mean, like, you know, if Burrow's healthy, I think the, the Bengals might have pulled, you know, pulled out that game last night and, you know, could potentially be the top team when all is said and done at the end of the season in the AFC North. But I just don't think it's their year. 
It, it just continues to highlight. And it's been a weird NFL season that's, you know, we, we have injuries every year. And I, I, it seems like we do this every season where it's like, oh, there's so many injuries. What is going on this year? And this year, like even more than most, it, it's not just, you know, a running back or a wide receiver or something or a team loses a star player like the Cowboys lost Trayvon Diggs. Like, obviously, that's a massive blow to their team. But it's star players like across the league. Like we we just Justin Jefferson might be available this week, but he's missed a huge chunk of the season. Uh, there's just there's backup quarterbacks playing all over the NFL. Like it's just been a brutal season for that kind of stuff. And the Cincinnati Bengals, who are supposed to be the Super Bowl contending team, all of a sudden it's like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs if even if. You know, let's say best case scenario that this wrist injury for Joe Burrow isn't that significant. Like there's no like ligament damage or or like bone mm-hmm. fracture or anything like that. Like it, it is legitimately just a wrist sprain that, you know, they're like, well, he's going to miss three or four weeks, but we're hopeful to have him back s- sooner than that. Well, you need to win football games right now. And, and it, it does not seem like the Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, T Higgins is banged up. They've just been banged up all year. Burrow gets back from the calf injury like it just does not seem like things are going well this year for Cincinnati. Like this season might just be lost for them already. Guess who has the toughest remaining strength of schedule in the NFL? Uh, they play the Chiefs, the Jags, the Browns, the Steelers twice, the Vikings, and the Colts. That's the Bengals' remaining slate. Like even the bad teams in that group, if you want to call them that, like the Colts have been, you know, frisky, respectable. They're not like a total tire fire. The Steelers aren't actually good, but they're the Steelers and they hang around. And again, not just like a team that's a cakewalk for anyone, especially in a division setting. So, I mean, that's what they have left. Yeah, like that is not an easy road to navigate the rest of the way. Just to get, I mean, just to get a wild card too. I mean, you're not winning the division at this point. So, um, yeah, not looking good. Yeah, I, I believe the Bengals have also lost all of their AFC North games, including two to the Ravens. Wow. <laughs> like there's there's no chance they're winning that division now. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll get into the Bills when we get into the matchups, but like the Bills also have a brutal schedule moving forward. Like yep. both those teams that are supposed to be these AFC powerhouses are on life support right now <laughs> in the NFL playoff picture. But on the other side for the Baltimore Ravens, obviously they pick up the win and that's coming off of a brutal loss to the Cleveland Browns last week. But the the bigger issue here is that Ravens tight end Mark Andrews has to leave the game on the first drive uh, with a serious ankle injury. And head coach John Harbaugh said after the game that they believe it's a, a serious like season ending ankle injury mm. for the Ravens star tight end, which is brutal because it, it kind of felt like. I like I really like Lamar Jackson. I really like the Ravens. I really like everything that they've done as an organization. And it finally felt like this was the season. Like they're healthy now. And over the last couple of years, they've just had the worst injury luck in the NFL. And it finally felt like, okay, this is the Ravens I've been looking for for the past couple of seasons. And they suffer an injury like this. And it's like, it's just like, man, it, it really sucks for Mark Andrews. It sucks for the Baltimore Ravens. Like he is their number one option. Like what Travis Kelsey is to the Kansas city chiefs. Like Mark Andrews is essentially that to the Baltimore Ravens offense. And it, it, it's just a, a brutal thing to see happen, especially when they're atop the division, especially when they're competing at the top of the AFC this season with an elite defense. So it's it, it's just something that you hate to see, but things could be worse. They could be in the Bengals situation right now. Yeah, I still think, you know, they're, they're in a good spot, obviously, in that division. One seed is very much up in the air, you know, yeah. with the Chiefs looming and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I talked about how the Bengals have the – toughest remaining strength of schedule the rest of the way with a six or sorry a 0.646 strength of schedule the winning percentage uh ravens not too far off they're they have the fifth hardest remaining schedule they have to play the 49ers the jags the dolphins the steelers one more time who they lost to already um the rams who probably not so tough and then the chargers so um yeah also not an easy slate for them again still feel good about them winning that division but when it comes to getting that top spot in the AFC um I'm not so sure about that I do agree with you that you know it's the Ravens have probably had at least through various points of this year the the case for like feeling like the best like feeling of any team of any fan base I don't think there's a lot of fans this year of and, and I say this covering the Eagles who have only lost one game like people don't feel amazing about the Eagles 
Um, I, I don't think many fans feel like absolutely amazing about their teams this year. And I think the Ravens were kind of the closest to that. Of course, my thing with them always is that I have to see Lamar do something in the playoffs when he's been terrible, like atrocious to this point. So like kind of wake me up once he does something in there. But, you know, obviously if you get to that spot, you get to that number one seed and you give yourself um, favorable positioning, then certainly um, you like your chances in that regard. But yeah, I really do worry now for their sake that this Andrews injury kind of, um, you know, puts them more at risk at not getting that top spot. Yeah, and Isaiah likely is a talented young tight end who's probably going to separate into the Mark Andrews role, but he's not Mark Andrews. Like, right. there's not many guys that are Mark Andrews, so he's not a player that you can just replace off the bench. And you know, Zay Flowers is having a nice rookie season, but then like Odell Beckham was finally looking like, oh, <laughs> o- Odell's got some juice, and then he leaves last night's game with a shoulder injury late in the game, and it's like. And could he stay healthy? Because like Odell, the last few weeks nope. finally looks healthy, and it's like, oh, does he still have it? Like, does does he still have some juice if he could stay on the field? And then it's immediate injury, and it, it's just brutal. It's just been such a weird NFL season where yeah, you know, we talk about and you mentioned like a lot of fan bases don't feel good about their teams right now. Like, you know, the Chiefs are atop the AFC, and <laughs> all all I hear Chiefs fans say is like, our offense sucks. We don't have any catchers. <laughs> Like our, our defense is good, but the offense is going to cost us games. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you're still sitting atop the AFC. You're, you're, <laughs> you're still the best quarterback before. ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to bet on Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. But we talk about offense being down across the league and the way defenses are playing this season. It's just been a really brutal NFL season so far, but we still got a long way to go. Uh, lots, lots of stuff can change, but right now the road for both of those teams, the Bengals and the Ravens looks really tough, but you know, it, it is what it is. You got to keep playing and keep trying to win football games and see where you wind up at, at the end of the year. Uh, we're going to preview every game uh, across week 11 slate and, and get into all of the matchups. But before we do, uh, we need to give you our, our pick three, our, our weekly same game parlay segment that is brought to you by DraftKings. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, this week, BLG, we chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'll start things off with RJ's leg of the same game parlay since he's not here today. RJ is taking Brock Purdy over one and a half passing touchdowns at minus 145. Um, I, I did not ask him why he chose this specific game, so I'm <laughs> just going to assume that you know Purdy has been pretty safe for like a couple of touchdowns a game when he's healthy, when he's got all of his weapons, when Trent Williams is active, like it seems pretty health. It seems pretty, pretty safe that he's going to get you at least like a couple easy touchdown passes. And Tampa Bay's defense is still solid, but their secondary has been pretty bad this season. Uh, we saw CJ Stroud just absolutely light them up a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to assume that's what RJ's uh, that's why he chose to ride with Brock Purdy this week. Uh, the Bucks have given up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year, if that means anything. So um, maybe he's banking on that. Uh, I don't know. We need we need to hit because we hit two weeks ago when we did the Eagles Cowboys same game parlay. Uh, Justice came in last week and he sabotaged us by taking the Jared Goff <laughs> passing under against the Chargers. Yeah. Which I was listening because... to that. I was like, no. Why did he do that? I'm going to assume it's because of like the Jared Goff road stuff, but that hasn't really been the case this season. Like their offense is just so good. It doesn't really matter what they're playing. He had a good stat and I'm not trying to actually rip justice, but I was just like, I didn't like the bet when I was listening to it. I was like, Oh man. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, Goff hit the over, but whatever. It's not like, I mean, we were oh for whatever doing this before justice came in. So we got to get back to our winning ways. Um, my leg, I think is the longest odds of anything happening here, but I feel good about it because in six of nine games this year, Mike Evans has scored a touchdown. He would have had two last week, if not for like a brutal drop in the end zone 
which, you know, it's just a fluke kind of thing. Um, so, you know, very close to having seven in nine games this year. And also he doesn't have them like bunched up together. It's always like at least it's just one in six out of nine games. So um, he seems to be good for a touchdown a game. He's still a machine. It's Mike Evans. You know, it's just he's unstoppable. Even if the Bucks get blown out, I think there's still, you know, a chance for him to score a garbage time touchdown here. So I will bet on Mike Evans getting into the end zone. Yeah, it's I feel like it flies under the radar because it's the Bucks and it's Baker Mayfield. But Mike Evans has still been fantastic this mm-hmm. season. Like the, the fact that there wasn't any serious teams trying to come in and trade for him at the deadline is insane because I was going to say that. Like, what, what are the Chiefs doing? Yeah. Like, why would you not trade? <laughs> yeah. This is your super like another Super Bowl window. Why not give up like whatever, like a first or a second? Yeah, uh, he he would instantly change the offense like he, he's still been that good. Um, so I, I like that leg. Um, I, I'm going to roll on the 49ers side. I'm going to believe in Brock Purdy. I, I'm going to believe in what uh, opposing passing attacks have done to this Tampa Bay secondary. So I'm playing it a little bit more safe than you. I decided to go with Brandon Ayuk, 60-plus alternate receiving yards, minus 160. Um, Brandon Ayuk has just been a machine this season, and it's and with, with the 49ers offense, it's just like – he doesn't necessarily have to catch like seven passes to get there. Like, because everything is just these big chunk gains. Like we saw it last week with Kittle. I think Kittle had like three catches for 120 yards last week. <laughs> like that's the 49ers do that kind of thing every single week because they just have so many explosive playmakers. So I feel like Brandon, Ayuk, 60 plus alternate receiving yards uh, against this secondary is a safe bet. So I, I'm feeling good about this week's same game parlay. I will add that last week, I'm the only person that hit on the Amon nice. Ra o- over reception. So I, I feel good about this. I, I feel like we got a really good shot of, of hitting it this week. So I'm pretty confident uh, about this week's same game parlay. We're going to get our second one ever in, in the history of the entire show. But that is our pick three brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is now time to get into every game uh, across the entirety of the NFL in week 11. I don't know. We normally do this uh, for those of you that aren't aware. Obviously, we, we do the zap each and every week. If you want to if you want to skip a bad game and we don't really want to get into it that much and spend too much time on it. We both have zaps. Uh, I, I think we, we could also just collectively do RJ's zap for him. Mm-hmm. If there's another bad game on the schedule, we can try out the ice box. I don't I don't know if the ice <laughs> no. box really works with two people, no. but we'll. Yeah. So no icebox this week, so I'm not going to get into that. But we'll, we'll we'll stick with the zaps for sure, and, and we'll start off with the Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans are favored by five and a half in this game. BLG Kyler Murray returned uh, and, and looked pretty good, like coming off mm-hmm. of a torn ACL. I was not expecting him to be able to run around and, and have the mobility that he showed that quick. They, they beat the Falcons, who I think are very bad and very untrustworthy. But uh, I think. I like the Cardinals a lot in this game. I'm taking them to win this game outright. I think the the Texans have been, look, CJ Stroud's been awesome. I love D'Amico Ryans, but I think this line is like, it's getting a little, it's a little too overreactionary to the, what the Texans have done. Like the Texans have done nice things, but they're not this juggernaut all of a sudden. They're still a team like figuring things out and going through growing pains. And I think people are kind of overrating the Texans a little bit here at this point. They've gotten so much hype. By the way, I thought it was very funny last week on 
Twitter where like every person was like, CJ Stroud has entered the MVP conversation. <laughs> this is like an RJ thing, but everyone did it as if no one else was saying that. It's like everyone's tweeting the same exact thing. Like, I get it. Okay. Like, you're not the first person to say this. Everyone is like agreeing with this. This is not an edgy or insightful take, but it is a fair one. Again, Stroud has been playing well, but I actually do think um, I was tempted to make this my lock of the week here. I'm not going to, at least with the points. I don't know that the Cardinals definitely win, but I think they definitely cover this spread here because I think they'll keep it close and it'll be competitive. Um, and I'll lean with them because like you said, uh, Murray looks like he has something to him and that makes a big difference when you get your quarterback back and he has some juice as opposed to playing um, who they were playing before. So yeah, I, I'm taking the Cardinals here. So I think what impressed me most about Kyler last week was his mobility. And we saw that late game uh, run that he had that was just like patented Kyler Murray and like what makes him such a special football player. But he was kind of off the mark throwing the football a few times. Like he missed Marquise Brown for what would have been a long touchdown. And I think that's going to get better, but I'm not confident enough to pick the Cardinals here. And the Cardinals, I think despite their record, like, even before Kyler Murray came back, they've been a lot pluckier this season than I think most people anticipated. Like they're not this just easy out. Like, like I think a lot of us expected this year. Um, so I, I do think they can give the Texans some problems and they shouldn't be overlooked in this game, but I, I'm just going to take CJ Stroud here because what he's done this season is remarkable. When you consider the fact that he's just doing it with whoever they put out there on offense, like, They've had injuries all over the place, like Noah Brown, who I, I don't think Noah Brown had ever had a 100-yard receiving performance ever in his career, and this is like a seven-year NFL veteran, and then all of a sudden he's got 150 yards in back-to-back -back games, and Tank Dell's been incredible. Nico Collins didn't even play last week, and I, I'm not sure if he's going to be available this week either, but when he's been on the field, he's been really good. Dalton Schultz is coming along, like... They also can't run the ball at all, and mm. you can beat the Cardinals through the air. So I still think C.J. Stroud's going to be good this week. Um, I, I do agree with you, though. Maybe you know they, they come off that win against the Bengals, and you know C.J. Stroud is entering the MVP conversations now, and so maybe this is a, a bit of a letdown game, mm. but I, I'm going to ride the hot hand here, and, and I'm going to pick the Texans. I, I think they'll get a win uh, against the Cardinals. Um I think this is the game to to zap if we want to use zap here. The New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. Washington's mm. favored minus eight and a half in this one. Uh, BLG, uh, you buying into Tommy DeVito for the New York Giants this week? This will be the I'm gonna um, commandeer RJ Zap. It's only fitting um, on me. Um, <laughs> Commanders win and cover. Yeah, uh, that that's pretty much all I got for this too. Um, you just Tommy DeVito just has no business being out there. And I, I guess the Giants are the worst team in football to watch right now. Um, just not working. They got absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys last week. Maybe they can put together a little bit more of a competitive effort this week against the commanders, but I don't have any faith in it. So while I don't love the commanders and Sam Howell, I, I will t take them easily in this game. Uh, mentioning the Dallas Cowboys, so that they're traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Uh, Dallas is favored minus 10 and a half. Um, and the Cowboys, for you know all the criticism that they were getting early on in the season from Dak Prescott and like their offensive performances, Dak Prescott has been absolutely lighting it up this week. Do you think that he's going to continue it against the Carolina Panthers? Um, real quick, lastly, on the Cowboys-Giants game last week, I had said to you and RJ, I was like, you can tease that line up to 28 and a half point spread, I think. <laughs> and it's always, it was still like plus 386. I regret not doing that because it yeah. was like, that was such a lock. And that would have been very funny. I should have made that my lock of the week. I know you made it with the actual spread. Yeah, I should, it was I minus made... 17 and it felt yeah. so safe. I should have done minus 28 and a half because that would just be the ballsiest. Uh, well, not, actually not because it seemed predictable, but um, just such a, a huge number, as I like to say. In any case, um, yeah, uh, Dak has played well. Make no mistake. It should also be acknowledged the Cowboys have literally played the easiest schedule in the NFL this year. That's according to Football Outsiders. Um, also, if you look at their strength of victory metric, it's like the third easiest in the league. Only the Saints. Saints are like barely ahead of them. And 
a team that everyone kind of is like, are they frauds? The Dolphins are lead the, the league or really rank last in the league in terms of strength of victory. So um, there's credit to be given for feasting on bad teams like the Cowboys have at the same time. You kind of got to show up against and be able to beat the, the big boys at some point, And they have not quite done that. So um, in this spot, though, obviously you have to give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to smashing the Panthers. I will say if uh, this were the Eagles playing the Panthers and I hear the storyline that Frank Reich is taking back over play calling, that doesn't scare me because of that alone. But I don't like any I, I don't like the uh equation changing at all if i'm you know you're a team playing a worse team you don't want any kind of like change like that and something that in theory could um spark the team but i just don't think there's any way that the panthers hang in this game and i think the cowboys continue to smash bad teams like they have i think the the narrative that you know the cowboys lose to good teams and and beat bad teams is absolutely true I, i just think that what I respect the most about it is that they smash bad teams. Mm-hmm. Like they absolutely destroy bad teams and the Panthers are a bad team. Like I do like, yeah, maybe Frank Reich taking over play calling is a spark for the offense. I tend to lean on like, maybe it's not good for your rookie quarterback to continue to flip flop play callers and change things up because mm-hmm. you're a bad football team and you, you thought you were going to be better. Um, you know, maybe you guys should have tried to put more resources around your rookie quarterback, but you traded away a lot of assets just to get him and kind of put this non-functional roster around him. So the Panthers are a bad football team. The Cowboys are a good football team. I'm still not convinced the Cowboys are necessarily like an elite football team, but we've seen this over and over again this season. They absolutely smash bad teams. So I, I, I'll take the Cowboys and the points, and I, I think it's a pretty easy win. I also think... This could be a, a good get right opportunity for Tony Pollard, who mm. has really struggled this season. And, you know, Dak has been lighting it up. CD's been absolutely lighting it up. But the Panthers' run defense is one of the absolute worst run defenses in the NFL. And they really need to get Tony Pollard going. So they've got uh, a little bit more consistent run game because he has just not been the same kind of explosive player this year. So I, I think this is a good opportunity for Tony Pollard to try to get get going and see if he can give something to the Cowboys offense. But I I think they easily win this game. Uh, Next up, Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Lions are currently favored by seven and a half points. BLG, Justin Fields returns this week. Everything, the the, uh, moment we've all been waiting for, Justin Fields triumphantly returns to the Mm. Chicago Bears. My favorite quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) Um, I do want to point out that I don't think agent is good to be clear but there is something to be said for like the lack of negative plays that he was taking now obviously the turnovers are an issue but if you just look at sacks and this also speaks to how sacks are not just an offensive line stat but are very much or can be very much a quarterback uh stat and um Bajan, five sacks in five games he's played this year do you know how many sacks justin fields has taken in six games I would say like at least double that 24, 24 and six <laughs> versus so five and five. Than I thought it could be. I know. Like that's, well, that's my point. Like my thing with fields, why I've always kind of, you know, not been a believer in him is that he just holds on to the ball for too long. Like he takes way too long the process or he, if he doesn't do that, he just isn't getting the ball out for whatever reason. Obviously the mobility is a factor at some point you have to get the ball out quick and not take these negative plays. And he does. And I'm going to, Bet on that uh, continuing to happen here. And I just think the Lions are a better team. So I am going to take the Lions to cover and win. I agree with everything you said. Um, I think the Lions are clearly the better team. And while I I do want to believe in Justin Fields and like we, we got the short glimpse of it where had a couple of big games and he gets the injury and the Bears have just not been the same thing with Bajant, which... Of course, like undrafted rookie player, of, of course, you're not going to be uh, compared to your high end draft capital quarterback. Um, but the Lions are, are just better. Like, like I, I just don't think there's anything the Bears can really do to slow down the Lions offensively right now. Um, I am interested to see how Justin Fields performs. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried because it's his throwing hand. It's a thumb injury. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm worried about him bouncing back from that even after missing this time. And like. It's already a quarterback that we had questions of like accuracy and decision making and, and all the stuff that you were talking about. Um, 
I, I am interested to see here though, and, and it's my my only red flag with the Lions right now because I do think they are absolutely one of the best teams in the NFC, is their defense, which started the year strong, and a lot was made about that performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like they held the Chiefs uh down in that game and pulled off a huge upset in week one. But their defense has been really up and down. I understand they have a lot of secondary injuries, but they tend to perform well against the bad teams defensively. And then the good teams, they really struggle with like we saw last week against the chargers. Uh, we saw the Ravens just absolutely decimate their defense a couple of weeks ago. Like I have legitimate questions uh, about the lions on defense. And so I am interested to see if Justin Fields can come in and try to test them downfield, get DJ Moore going a little bit. But at the end of the day, I just don't think the bears will be able to do anything against the lions offense. So I agree with you. I'll take the Lions and the points. Next up, it is the Las Vegas Raiders at hmm. the Miami Dolphins. Miami's favored minus 13 and a half. They are also coming off of a bye week. BLG, they are also expected to get back. Dynamic, explosive, incredible rookie running back Devon A. Chan this week. Hmm. This is interesting because, again, I talked about how the Dolphins really haven't beaten anyone this year. There's some, there's some fraud potential there. They are capable of scoring a lot of points, and I'm wary of buying too much into the – I'm a huge believer, as we talked about earlier on the show, the Raiders and Giants game. I'm a big believer in the uh, new head coach bump for a short amount of time. You don't, you can't ride that too much because eventually that kind of expires and, and a bad team goes back to being bad. And it's like, oh, yeah, they fired their head coach for a reason, and this guy's an interim coach for a reason. That said – I don't know. I think the Raiders have a little bit of juice here, a little bit of life. I don't like them to win the game. Same same record as the Bills and Bengals. I mean, I think Max Crosby has been awesome this year. He's been unblockable. Dolphins offensive line isn't that great. Um, I think there's a chance the Raiders can cover this here. I think they lose, but I think they cover the spread. Yeah, I don't think they can. Um, (laughs) It's they they have doubting the Raiders again. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And to their credit, like, you know, that is a brutal football game last week against the Jets, a 16 to 12 mm-hmm. ball game. Um, I, I would tend to honestly, at this point, I might be a little bit. I, I'm not saying I'm interested in this, but I might be with you if it was Jimmy G, because mm-hmm. I don't think Aiden O'Connell is really giving you anything. And like Jimmy G's not good. Don't get me wrong here. Like I'm not I'm not saying they should put Jimmy G back in the football game and like I'm dying to see Jimmy G. I'd rather see Aiden O'Connell and see if he can turn Mm -hmm. into something because that's more interesting to me. But functionally, like as an NFL quarterback right now, Jimmy G might give you a better chance at like actually scoring points because Aiden Mm -hmm. O'Connell just hasn't looked very functional offensively. And they've really leaned into Josh Jacobs. But the Dolphins defense was coming on before their bye week and they're coming fresh off the bye uh, off of a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. So. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to buy into A-Chan, his return, Raheem Mostert, uh, maybe ripping off an explosive run, and and the Dolphins pass catchers just in general. So I, I'm going to take the Dolphins and the points in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland's favored <laughs> minus one and a half here. And BLG, I think this Dorian Thompson-Robinson is expected to be the Browns' starting quarterback in this game. It is a road contest after they placed Deshaun Watson on IR this week with a season-ending shoulder injury. And somehow Cleveland is still favored in this game, even though the Steelers are 6-3, and three, which just goes back to why neither of us has any confidence in what the Steelers have put together this season. The Steelers are probably, I think they're my favorite team. Not like, obviously, I'm not like rooting for them. Not like, like, you know, I obviously root for the Eagles. But like, I just love how bad they are. And yet they win. (laughs) How do you get outgained in every game and win the game? Like, that's so stupid. They're so, they're such a dumb team. But it's not totally like fake either. I mean, some of that is that's not sustainable at some level. But yet we see them like kind of do this every year at some, to some level with Mike Tomlin. Um I was looking at the under for this game. Uh, do you know? Could you guess what the under for this game is? I'd say like 32, maybe. It is. Yeah, it's it's sorry. Over under is at 30. You, I mean, you almost nailed it. It's 33, <laughs> which is so pathetic. Um, I would still probably take the under uh, because I think this could be a really ugly game. I mean, Betting on Mike Tomlin as an underdog typically works out for you. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet. And I, you know, I think the, I know people like DTR and everything, but 
Um, I just think the Steelers kind of just find a way somehow, some way. By the way, um, Brown's bringing in potentially Joe Flacco, so that's exciting. Um, man, <laughs> this is an ugly game. I will take the Steelers to cover, especially when points are at a premium. I want to take the Steelers here because they continue to just do it. And every week you're like, what, what is going on? Like what, how, how do they keep doing this? And it's, you know, the defense has been great. The defense has created a lot of turnovers. They get a lot of sacks. Like they give you opportunities to score easy points. And the Steelers running game has really been good lately. Like Jalen Warren and Najee Harris have have actually been great. And they've been the best part of this offense by far because Kenny Pickett's certainly not getting Mm. it done. Um, and the Browns, it's like rookie quarterback. It's like, why would you take them? Like, this is an obvious like Steelers pick. Mm. But then I'm like, well, the Browns defense is straight up winning them games, kind of mm-hmm. similar similarly to the Steelers, where the, the yeah. Steelers defense is really the reason they're winning. But I think the Browns defense is better. I, I think Miles Garrett right mm-hmm. now is a lock for defensive player of the year. I think he's the only reason that the Browns are even in playoff contention right now is because he's been so special and that defense overall has been really good. So like, I just feel like I could see a scenario here where Cleveland winds up like forcing a a few turnovers, like getting a pick six or or getting a defensive touchdown and they do just enough. So I think I'm going to take the Browns. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Why not? It's only one and a half points. That's going to blow up in my face, I'm sure. Uh, Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. The uh, Jags favored by seven points in this contest after coming off of a brutal loss where they were just absolutely dominated by the San Francisco 49ers. BLG, do you think Trevor Lawrence and Co. can bounce back this week against the Titans? I do. I think the Titans clearly have not, you know, what um, Will Levis said that one game where it's like, oh, might be something here. And ever since hasn't really been much life to that Titans team. I think the Jags are due to bounce back. I'll, I'll bet on Doug Peterson being able to have his team do that after, like you mentioned, a very brutal loss. I mean, this Titans team just was only managed, uh, managed six points against the Bucks, And then they lost this before that they lost to the Steelers. Um, they played a tight game against the Falcons who stink. So yeah, I'm not betting on the Titans here. I can't rely on them. I think the Jags had one bad game. That doesn't mean they're a bad team. All of a sudden, they'll figure it out. They'll win this game. Yeah, I think you have to take Jacksonville in this game. Coming off the loss. And the Titans just aren't an interesting team. Like The most interesting thing that they have going for them is the fact that they actually committed to Will Levis, which I did not think they were going to do. I didn't think that Vrabel had it in him. Uh, like I didn't think that Vrabel would commit to being like, okay, it's a rebuild year. We we're not going to win anything like, because it's just not the kind of coach that he has been in the past. And I was shocked that they did it. And, and Will Levis has shown some promise, but I think he had that initial game where, you know, he throws the four touchdown passes. And a lot of that I think is just, there was no film on it. There was nothing to diagnose and see what he could do in the NFL. And now that teams do, it's like, He's still a work in progress. He's still shown the physical tools to be an NFL quarterback, but teams are seeing what they can exploit against the Titans and their offense just doesn't have the playmakers anymore to uh, really test you defensively. So I think Jacksonville is going to bounce back in a big way. Um, the Titans secondary has not been good this season either. So it's a really good matchup for their pass catchers. So I think Trevor Lawrence will bounce back with a big game. I think Doug Peterson will have a good game plan. So I, I agree with all of that. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Green Bay Packers. The Chargers are favored by three points in this contest. And I, I'm kind of surprised. I, I get that it's a road contest, but like the Packers have been that bad this season, even though I think Jordan Love's improved a little bit as the season's gone on. But I'll zap you. I'm going to zap you. <laughs> I don't. This, this game is no juice to me. This is not interesting. Chargers are not interesting. The Packers, the Packers, I will say for as not good as they are. They're alive. They're very much alive in the NFC playoff picture because you look at their remaining schedule and it's actually fifth easiest. They have to play the Chiefs, Lions, and Vikings. So that's obviously, you know, those are their toughest games. But they also get to play the Panthers, the Giants, the Bears, the Bucks, and obviously this game, the Chargers. So I don't think they're making a run in the playoffs to be clear, but like, could they get the seven seed? Not impossible. They're still on life support for that. I'm not going to count on it happening, but they're still because just by virtue of playing some really bad teams, they're going to be like at the very least in that, in the hunt graphic that you see on the, uh, the playoff picture that the broadcast put up. So they'll hang around for a little bit. Um, but 
I'll take the Chargers to win this one because I think for as much as the Packers uh, or the Chargers are not good and actually bad, um, the Packers are also not really inspiring. So I'll take the Chargers to win. And I'll say that's actually a really close game. So I'll take the Packers to cover, but the Chargers win. I think this game's going to be closer than it should be, but ultimately I'll take Justin Herbert and Chargers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this is our same game parlay pick. And I just realized I forgot to mention it just for uh, record uh, purposes. RJ locked up uh, Giants at Commanders. He took Washington yes. minus eight and a half. Uh, I forgot to mention that when we went through that game. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, San Francisco's favored minus 12 in this game. And I think Tampa Bay has been better than I think we thought they were going to be. Baker Mayfield has been better than I think we thought they were that he was going to be. And he's this season, he's done a lot of just, I'm just, I'm just going for it. Like, I'm just going to try to sling it. I'm going to push the ball downfield. Like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have an opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think some of that's interesting here uh, against the 49er secondary that has had some trouble this season. But at the end of the day, like, San Francisco, when healthy, can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the NFL, and I think they're absolutely going to dominate the Bucs. I agree with that. Nothing too much more to add. I think the 49ers found their groove back, and the Bucs are just going to be outmatched. I I know the, the Bucs actually rank like um, it's like 3.7 opponent yards per rushing attempt, so their run defense has been decent, but um, I recall back when the Eagles played them earlier this year, I mean, DeAndre Swift ran all over them. So I think they can be had there at times. And I imagine the 49ers having rushing success against them. I wanted to pick something, by the way, with um, Christian McCaffrey for the same game parlay, but the odds just wouldn't work out where, you know, it would be um, uh, worth it enough, long enough for people to bet on. I mean, it is, I think it's incredibly egregious that Kyle Shanahan used him on those four carries late in the game just to get him that record. That is so st- – it's not like – because it's not just about those four plays. It's about the bigger picture. And, like, by the end of the season, by the playoffs, Christian McCaffrey is just he's, – he's not going to be available or he's not going to be effective because they're just giving him way too many touches and including in just totally meaningless garbage time where you don't even need to, to let him get hit at all. You gave him four extra carries. It's just so stupid. It's unreal that we go through this every year with the 49ers and then come the end of the season when they have injuries and they're banged up. And it's like, well, if they were healthy, they, mm. they would be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, Kyle does this every year. Like, we're not shocked about it anymore. But it would have been cool to see Christian McCaffrey keep that streak alive. But that's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we've already talked about the Bills a, a little bit. And... This is an absolute must-win game for them to stay alive in the playoff hunt. Like we get, we got a long way to go this season, but we already highlighted how difficult their schedule is moving forward. Uh, they're favored here, minus seven. I think it should probably be more, just based off of what we saw from the Jets offensively last week. And Garrett Wilson's also questionable in this game. Sounds like he's going to be available, but he still has an injury designation ahead of Sunday. I mean, the Jets can't score. Like that's that's an issue. For as disappointing as the Bills have been. They can score at least more than the Jets can. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills to beat the Jets. Yeah, I think they need this and they fired their offensive coordinator. Maybe it's the spark they need to just go on a crazy run and make the playoffs. We'll see. I think the AFC playoffs will be more entertaining if Josh Allen is there. But uh, they got a long road ahead to try to get back into the race here. Also, like the Jets aren't sweeping the Bills this year. Sorry (laughs) to make it that reductive, but it's just not happening. Yeah, uh, it it would be unbelievable if they did that with Zach Wilson, uh, Mm -hmm. 90% after Aaron Rodgers went down the first couple of steps. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams, Seattle favored minus one. And BLG, this is your lock of the week. Speaking of the same logic, the Rams are not sweeping the Seahawks this year. (laughs) I I do worry that there is a little bit of like a, a fraud vibe. And I think the Seahawks are actually like quietly in danger of potentially dropping out of the NFC playoff picture, which isn't even that competitive, at least relative to the AFC here. Seahawks actually have the seventh toughest remaining strength of schedule. They still have to play the Eagles. They have to play the 49ers twice still, haven't played them yet. Um, Play the Cowboys, play the Steelers, 
And then their easy games are against the Cardinals, who, you know, could be maybe a little bit frisky. And then they get the Rams, who we're talking about this game right now, and then the Titans. So uh, I kind of I kind of worry that this line is telling me I shouldn't take the Seahawks because it feels a little too good to be true. I mean, to pick them. Come on. Like, who's not going to take the Seahawks here in a pick them? I know it's on the road, but like, not like L.A. is like a tough place to play or anything. Um I think the Seahawks win this game. I don't see them getting swept by the Rams. I know Stafford is returning, or at least potentially returning, but still have to kind of see where he's at. Um, I think the Seahawks win this game. Yeah, and the Rams coming off of a bye. Uh, Matthew Stafford yep. is expected to be available in this game. And I, I've been frustrated with the Seahawks this season because the way they started the year, I was like, yeah, I'm still not sure. Like, I don't know about Geno and the offense, like their defense, I think, was playing a little bit above their heads uh, early in the season. And they've come back down to earth. They're still good. They still have some really good young talent on the defensive side of the ball. But Seattle just hasn't done anything this season where I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm I'm buying into you guys and Geno and everything that you're building there. Um they're, they just they're too inconsistent. Like last week, you have a really close game uh, against Washington and get blown out by the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. Like they've just been up and down this season. But like, like you mentioned, the the state of the NFC playoff picture, I still think they're a playoff team. I just don't think that they're a team that I'm going to feel super confident in at any point in the season. All that being said, I, I still think that they're more talented than the Rams are right now. Uh, I know Matthew Stafford, when healthy, has been playing out of his mind and the biggest issue for the Rams, their offensive line just sucks. Like yeah. their offensive line is bad. It's getting Matthew Stafford killed. And that's the biggest thing that's slowing them down and keeping them from winning football games right now. So I think that's going to be an issue again on Sunday. So I'll take the Seattle Seahawks as well. Uh, Sunday night football Vikings at Broncos, the Denver Broncos favored by minus two in this game. And mm. I understand Broncos coming off of, uh, some impressive victories recently here. Uh, but uh, apparently the sports books just aren't buying into the phenom that is Josh Dobbs and what he's doing for the Minnesota Vikings right now. Yeah, that's worries me. That feels like maybe the sports book knows something here. I don't, but I'm a big believer in vibes and the Vikings have vibes very much on their side. So um, this is your lock of the week. Yes, this is my lock of the week. Yeah. I'm also going to lean with you and go. And by the way, you have the best lock of the week. Uh, record all among us you're i believe eight and one there are eight and nine nine and one last week nine and one yeah i'm seven one and one um rj is i think five and five or so he's around there he's at the bottom uh he is yeah, I'm gonna four rock. and six okay four and six i was too nice um i'm gonna lean with the vikings and give me those points if i'm getting points i'll take those points yeah, I, I locked this up partially because I know the Broncos have been playing much better and obviously like wins over the Chiefs, over the Bills recently and their defense after like we, we talk about wake up calls in the NFL and it was like their wake up call was 70 points against the Miami <laughs> Dolphins because um, they've been playing much better. And I, I wanted to see it against uh, a really uh, against another talented offense because We've seen we saw the way they slowed the Kansas City Chiefs, but if you look back at the these divisional games against the Broncos, like they kind of play that way against the Broncos every year. Like the Chiefs never tend to put up a bunch of points against Denver. Like that defense still has a lot of veteran guys who have been around a long time. Like they know the Chiefs' tendencies, they know how to attack them. Like so that wasn't super surprising to me. But I think the reason you can buy into it a little bit is their performance against the Buffalo Bills and and some people might say, oh, well, Bill's offense is struggling too. Uh, I think the Bill's offense has been better than the Chiefs offense overall this year. So I, I understand Broncos are moving in the right direction. Like they're showing signs of improvement and all of that stuff. I'm just with you. Like I'm in on the Vikings and I'm just riding the wave. Like I'm having fun watching them. Justin Jefferson might be back in this mm. game. Like the Vikings might seriously be a playoff team with Josh Dobbs as their quarterback and their defense has been playing really well recently. Like, I'm just in on the Vikings. They're just fun. They're a fun team to root for. And I would much rather root for them to win than Sean Payton is really all this comes down to. I, I think also, let me know if this is unfair. I think the Broncos win over the Bills. It's more about the Bills losing that game to me than the yeah. Broncos. Like just being so, it wasn't like, oh, the Broncos are just, they're back. They're so good. Yeah. They can't be, it's like, no, it's kind of like the Bills kind of really just gave that game away. Um, 
quite literally at the end by with the uh 12th man on the field there um so yeah i think it's a little too overreaction to say the broncos are just back all of a sudden yeah i think they're still not a good football team but uh they've just been playing better recently i i i much more want to buy into what the vikings are doing um Monday night football. Here it is. Rematch, Philadelphia Eagles at the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Chiefs are favored by two and a half points. Wow. Uh, right that now. line dropped because it was three. It opened at two and a half. And now it's back down to two and a half. Okay. Yes. So, mm. um, and and really, BLG, we, we talked about this game for Arrowhead Pride yesterday. Uh, but I think this is one of the most evenly matched contests that you can ask for. Um, both teams fresh coming off of bye. Both teams looking extremely healthy. Like the Eagles not going to have Dallas Goddard, obviously. But other than that, it, it looks like everybody on the injury report is going to have an opportunity to go in this game. And, and minus Dallas Goddard, it seems like the Eagles are going to be at 100%. And it seems like the Chiefs are going to be 100%. So I, I think we're in for a really good one on Monday night. I think this is an Eagles line. I think the fact that it's two and a half, like that's that's interesting to me. That's I I felt weird about this game all week. I I've been leaning with the Chiefs, but I've also been saying I don't fully feel confident in like finalizing my pick. I've not made like my final pick yet, which I guess I kind of have to here. But no, I'll, I reserve the right to change. You know, it's a Monday game. We'll see. <laughs> still have to see how the injury report goes. Uh, over the course of the next couple of days here, since we've only seen one out of the three so far, man, I just, I think the chiefs have this, uh, you know, there's obviously this like danger of, Oh, it's the chiefs and it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Andy Reed coming off the bye. But then when you look at it deeper into it, it's like, okay, what do they really have going for them offensively? Travis Kelsey. Sure. And that does concern me. That's a big concern for the Eagles who just gave up like a gazillion yards to Jake Ferguson on the Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb. I know he's not a tight end, but working over the middle of the field there. Eagles are getting Bradley Roby back, it looks like. That's a big deal for them because they've been down to like their third string nickel option, which is a rotation of two rookies who don't play slot cornerback. So that's kind of nice to get back. I don't think Roby's a star or anything, but he gives you some level of competency. The matchup that really was figuring to decide the Super Bowl was Hassan Reddick specifically going up against Andrew Wiley and somehow getting zero sacks against him. I think in this matchup, obviously Wiley is gone. So is Orlando Brown, but the Eagles still have Josh Wett. They still have Hassan Reddick, who's having an even better year than he was last year in terms of his on pace numbers. So I think the Eagles edge rushers can take advantage of the Chiefs tackles. Maybe they strip sack Mahomes at some point, and that's the difference in this game. I, it's weird. I feel like I feel worse the more I see people <laughs> pick the Eagles. I want people to pick the Chiefs here because then that somehow makes me feel better that the Eagles can actually win. I, I don't want to be. Maybe this is being too contrarian here. I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, it's going to be a close game because that's what everyone's saying. Yeah, I think maybe the Eagles win this game by two scores. I'm not saying it's a blowout, but I think like they maybe they put the game away late and it's a two-score game. And I know that's really hard to do against the Chiefs and Mahomes. That's not something that happens very often. But I just wonder, you know, for as much as people have been like questioning, are the Eagles really as good as their record says they are? I think there's a little bit of that to be had with the Chiefs. And um, I still think they're a great team, to be clear. But I don't know. I think the Eagles might be able to do it. So screw it. I'll take the Eagles to definitely cover. I say I say they definitely cover and I'll I'll weakly say they win. I hate how much time we've had to think about this game. Um both teams coming off of a bye. Like we've just been sitting around for 2 weeks thinking about it and then we still have to wait till Monday night for it. Like I I've, I've been flip-flopping all week. Um yeah, I think last week I was like already looking ahead and I was like, the Eagles are going to win that game. Like mm. I was like confident the Eagles were going to win the game. And then as the season goes on or as the week goes on and, and I'm just dissecting every layer of this thing, trying to figure out like where the edge lies for one of these teams, then I'm talking myself into the Chiefs and mm. I'm talking myself into not necessarily the offense, though I'm hoping Andy Reid will die like found something over the buy that they can, that they can utilize and they can get the offense going. 
because it has been rough at, at times this season, and it's been frustrating to watch uh, for most of the season. But the defense has been special. Uh, I'm bought into the Chiefs' defense fully. Um, I think that their secondary matches up with the Eagles' weapons as well as any secondary in the NFL. Like that's how good. Uh, Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed and, and Justin Reed and Mike Edwards and like Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams don't get talked about a ton. Like those guys have all been great. Like the Chiefs legitimately have, in my opinion, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. And I think this is a, a national, another national stage for them to showcase that. Um, unlike the Germany game that was at eight thirty in the morning, like. This one's primetime standalone Monday night football, Super Bowl rematch. Like everybody is going to be watching this game. And I think it's an opportunity for even if the offense struggles a little bit for the defense to continue to say like that, we can win games now. We can win games for you, uh, which is something that just wouldn't happen in the past. Now, I don't think the Chiefs offense needs to be what it's been in the past where it's like, oh, that's the best offense in football. They just need to be functional and like in key moments of the game, can they actually go get you seven points? Because this, this season they haven't been able to do that. Like they have not been able to put away games at all this year. So I don't, I'm going to pick the chiefs, but kind of similarly to you, I don't feel confident about it. I don't feel great about it. And I think at the end of the day, it's obviously the chiefs offense and why I think they can get going is just what we've seen Philly's defense give up this season. Like we've seen Mm -hmm. them give up, big performances to bad football teams, to teams that are uh, that are far that are inferior to like the Dallas Cowboys, like you mentioned with CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson. But at the end of the day, then it's going to come down to, can you stop AJ Brown? And I think they can, I think they have the guys to do that, but I don't think anybody, can really, I like, I don't think anybody can really stop AJ Brown. Like, so it's gonna i i do think it's gonna be close i i hope it's a good game i hope it doesn't play out like you think like where the eagles could win by two scores but if the chiefs can't get going offensively against the secondary then might have a bigger problem moving forward here but i will tentatively pick the chiefs in this game it's really interesting man like this is a really interesting game obviously not just because it's like a super bowl matchup but what i think it's just what it says for each of these teams and who they are at this point I mean, this is like, you know, the power, the top spot in the power ranking game like this. Oh, yeah. this is the best team in the NFL, the team that wins this game that kind of has more of that definitive claim, I think. Um, and, you know, what does that mean? Not a ton in terms of it's the middle of the season. You're, <laughs> you know, me good as your last this game. Is, this is like the NBA, like midseason tournament. Like this is like <laughs> yeah, a, that's a great call. Mid-season, midseason champion game. It it really is. And also, I think that's part of like why I could see the Eagles winning, too, because it's like. It's like, oh, we got revenge for the Super Bowl. No, who cares? Like, I don't care. Like, I don't there's I don't there's no shame in losing this game. You're the Eagles. Like, it's a tough spot. You're on the road. Andy Reid against the bye. They beat you in the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean like, especially if it's close, it doesn't mean like, oh, the Eagles just can't beat the Chiefs. It's like it's a close game, you know. Uh, I don't think that's what that means. It's not like they couldn't beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It's that they didn't do that, famously. Um, so I'm I'm really interested to see how this one goes um again don't have a probably a, just my least confident game in the eagles this year not just because of quality opponent i just i don't feel like i totally know what to make of this one um because like the super bowl is in your head right you, like you have that evidence of that game but there are a lot of differences here and i think one of them um is that the the chiefs in that game i think they ran for like 183 yards like the eagles run defense is the number one defense in the nfl now like that's that's changed and it's weird that like it's a spot where the Eagles could potentially be asking past Patrick Mahomes, like pass all game. And like, do you really feel good about that? But maybe you do because of if you're able to, you know, limit the damage that Travis Kelsey can do. If you're forcing Mahomes to throw to um, the chiefs wide receivers, all games, maybe that's like a matchup you kind of just live with and feel like you can outproduce. So really interested to see how it goes. Um, I think this is a high quality win for either team. Yeah, and I think the most interesting part about this game to me is that like this game isn't going to have any impact on playoff standings. Like this is legitimately just we're the two best teams in football and we want to make a statement uh, against you and say like we are the best team. Um and I think that's what it really comes down to here because it's not going to impact their playoff standings uh whichever team loses this football game. It, it's just a matter of like 
the Chiefs for the Chiefs, it's like Super Bowl wasn't a fluke or the Eagles. It's like, yeah, we should have won that game. And this is our statement win of the year. It does sneakily matter more than I thought originally. Like I, I've been calling this the least important game for the Eagles on their schedule, in part because of like because narratively it's a huge game, obviously, yeah. but in actuality it's not as important. It's still one of their lesser important games, but because of the you know the common games tiebreaker in the NFL, um, specifically as it relates to the Lions, who are obviously in a really favorable spot in terms of their schedule to potentially get the one seed, there is a chance that. Um, if the Eagles lose this game, the Eagles and Lions could be in a spot where they have the same record and it comes down to the common games thing and the fact that the Lions already have this win over the Chiefs, that does came into play. That's obviously getting in the weeds a little bit. It could be like a sneaky important thing, um, but you're right in that like I think it's it's a lot less important than it is uh, in actuality than it is narratively. Yeah, so I don't think either one of us feel good about this game uh, for the teams <laughs> that we cover, but I I do hope that it's... It's just as good a game as the Super Bowl was. I, I mm-hmm. hope that we just get a, an amazing standalone football game on Monday night between these two teams. Uh, but we'll see uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we'll we'll decide who the real best team in, in football is once uh, everybody starts putting out their new power rankings next yep. week. But uh, uh, that is week 11 in the NFL. Um, as always, please make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, you know, go out, win some fantasy matchups, uh, win some bets, do what you got to do. Hope your team wins, and we'll talk to you guys next week. TGIF.